From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for the week of February 24th, 2012 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Teresa Eccles, Walter Eccles, Kevin Close, and John Magi, Kathy Whirling, and Max the Intern back in the Peanut Gallery. We're also joined by our special guest from Adventures by Disney, Courtney Robichaux. Robichaux? That's it. Okay. I still want to make sure I'm saying it right. Uh, Courtney is uh, a guide with Adventures by Disney, is one of the most coveted, if not, I think, maybe the most coveted job in the organization right now. Uh, every time you guys open up a spot for adventure guides, they get like, they, they have like, they have like five openings and like 10,000 people will apply for it. Um, and uh, we invited Courtney to come on and just you know, talk to us about Adventures by Disney and talk to us about what it's like, in particular, being a guide. Now, you've heard us talk, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about our experiences on Adventures by Disney. You know uh, what huge fans we are of Adventures by Disney. We've done many, many uh, 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 trips with ABD. Uh, And you've heard us talk about the guides and... You know, I always think that people are going to think I'm overselling it when I talk about these trips or I'm talking about these guides. And then when they travel with us, they're like, no, you were not kidding. You were not kidding. No, we're not enhancing it. It's really really not as good as we say it is. It is every bit as good. And, um, you know, now, now, Courtney, um, tell me what uh, what trips you do. I know you do the, the, the Mediterranean cruise. We did that with you last year. We know you do the Italy trip. Correct. And you also do... Ireland. Ireland, which you're a big fan of. I love Ireland. It's just so gorgeous there. But it's just there's a piece that when you go into Ireland and Scotland as well, it's just got that same kind of cultural flair. The people are seriously some of the most amazing people you can meet. They're just very friendly. You can go have a pint with them in the bar, and the next thing you know, they're inviting you over to their house, and they'll cook up a, a big feast for you. Uh, it's just it's gorgeous. It just kind of calms me when I go. It's like going home, but I'm not Irish. I well, look Irish, though. I've heard that's half the battle. Yeah, that <laughs> probably <laughs> helps. Okay, the blonde hair, the blue eyes. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And then I've also done Yellowstone and the Grand Canyon, too. And Yellowstone's also another one of those that people forget we have some of the most gorgeous you know, oh, the look I'm getting. The look oh, I'm he's getting. making the eyes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's his. He wants to go. <laughs> I want to go so bad. Oh, Brooks so Lake bad. Lodge. I mean, we literally rented out just for Adventures by Disney, and we closed the gates, and we let our babies run free, and you could do anything. On that trip, it's included horseback riding, fly fishing, hiking. What's not included is the spa, but that's usually where I hang okay, out. Okay, there is a spa, though. There is a spa, okay. and it's over Because when you talk about, you know, you, we've, we've met. Yes. So <laughs> when, when, when you talk about Pete hiking and fly fishing. And fly fishing. <laughs> oh, no, the spa. And that's where I, I hang out. I mean, it's literally just a day in some of the most breathtaking scenery. You're really? surrounded by the mountains. Now, you said it was better scenery-wise than um, the Southwest Blenders? Yeah, well, it's different. Because Southwest Blenders, you're going to have Red Rock. 
Right. And then you go up to the Grand Canyon, usually the snow, you know, the, the snow peak mountains you have there and the trees, the pines and the lakes, whereas the Grand Canyon area is very dry. Now, well, Moab in Utah is probably the coolest city ever. It's and I would awesome, move there yeah. if it didn't snow. It's, I'm, I'm a southern baby. Yeah, so that was be- you're a Louisiana girl. I am a Louisiana girl, and too bad. You know, I forgot to mention uh, Corey and Julie aren't here. Uh, Julie's home with the kids while Corey is uh, dressed in a gold suit, walking around <laughs> the French Quarter for Mardi Gras. Um, and uh, I'm sorry that they're not here uh, for this because I think you have a lot in common. They're both from Louisiana as well. Um, now, which um, the, the Yellowstone one? I'm, I'm just sitting here. Uh, looking, which trip is that? Quest for the West. Quest for the West. Now, okay, so let me ask you about that. Um, somebody like me who's not, you know, no one confuses me for being physically fit. Um, what, you know, I, I see, I look at trips like that and I'm like, oh, you know what? It's going to be hiking and tree climbing and, you know, whatever else, whatever other torturous things you people think Nature. of. <laughs> torturous. What, for people like me, um, what's, you know, what's the appeal in those trips? What can I do? What, is, is there anything for me to do or do I spend most of the time on the bus? Well, no, definitely. We have a good blend. I'll drop you off at the nearest spa, let you hang out. There's a good blend on all of our, our trips that involve a lot of activities that you know, we mix the crafts and, and the things that aren't active in the same day you're doing the hiking or the whitewater rafting. But again, you know, we have two guides, so you take it at your own pace. You know, we're not going to rush you uphill. You know, we'll walk with you. Uh, but most importantly, we do whitewater. Are you going to carry the- me yes. up the hill? Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm very big on piggybacking as most of you guys have seen on my tours, but you know, whitewater rafting is a good example. She never once offered to carry me. <laughs> I was with you guys every step of the way, though. I'm teasing you. <laughs> um, I think I did offer to carry. I said I would carry you if I needed you to. Okay. But like, whitewater rafting, you know, on, on Quest for the West, it gets up to some of the, some of the rapids we hit are, are class threes, which aren't bad, but that's, you know, that's a good class rapids for people that haven't rafted before. And a lot, a lot of people are comfortable with that, or maybe they're coming with kids that are too young. Is there an option to opt out of the rafting and do shopping or something? Or you can stay in town. I mean, we're never going to force you to do anything you don't want to do, but you always, we will always offer you the option of doing something else. So for example, on the whitewater rafting day, we give you the option of going on a float trip instead, which is just a nice little raft on another part of the river. Balloon float? No, it's it's an you're in an actual raft like a whitewater raft. Oh, I'm thinking, but, but instead of hitting whitewater, <laughs> oh, I'm thinking, it's Mardi Gras. No, it's I it's just a nice. That's a float trip. There were things on our Italy trip that I didn't want to do. I never want to ride again in a gondola again in my entire life. I've done it once. They were terrific. What I will say too about this is it's not just okay. Kevin and John don't want to do something. Here you go, go and do it, and we'll catch up with you later. They're always concerned about: Are you guys all right? Do you know what you're doing? Do you know where you're going? Can you get back? You know, you never feel like you're cast adrift. So if if there's something you don't want to do, don't be afraid to tell them, hey, I don't want to do this, because they'll walk you through it and they'll get you there and back. I mean, the same day we do whitewater rafting Quest for the West, we go to... Uh, a little playhouse where we have lunch, which is some of the you know the best burgers. We do have burgers there, but some of the best food. But they're singing and performing. I don't around. mind. I don't mind burgers in Wyoming. <laughs> I, I mind burgers in Rome, but we'll <laughs> skip that. I was in France. 
<laughs> or France. Yeah, that's right. That was no. France. Yeah. But, but that's the kind of stuff that we do. So before Welcome we to Monaco. Day, Here's a cheeseburger. <laughs> before we start that day, it's we have um, we go to the Jackson Hole Playhouse and enjoy lunch and they're performing and it's just for us. Nobody else is there. And then it's like, all right, everybody, let's go gear up. 40 minutes in the lobby, we're going to have our whitewater rafting day. And right after lunch? Yeah, it's a good settler of the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, you never slow down when you're on Adventures by Disney. Even when we, when the guests have downtime, you're still working your butt off, aren't you? That, yes, we never sleep. Uh, I ever. don't think you don't. don't. No, they we, don't. Just, we, we actually have um, plugs in our back that we put <laughs> into the socket, and we just Again, charge overnight. For this. The last night of our Italy trip, we were up pretty late. Our, uh, our farewell dinner ended at 10.30 or 11 o'clock, and John and I had to be outside to catch our boat water to taxi. the airport, the water taxi, at 4 a.m. And Courtney was out ahead of us. So she was at our farewell dinner, but was outside with us when we left. And there, if something doesn't go quite right, they're there too. Kathy and I can vouch for this on the California trip. Mm-hmm. You know, they were up all night with us, making sure we needed had what we needed when we couldn't find our luggage. And 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 that's I mean, and that's definitely part of the uh, uh, the Adventures by Disney service level that that you know we've talked about on the, here like more times than I can count. But something that was interesting to me um, that. Uh, I really noticed uh, on our Mediterranean trip last year was uh, that was the first trip that we had been on with a lot of children. We had a lot of young ones on that trip. Great kids. I mean, amazingly great kids. But watching how you and Dusty, you knew where every one of those kids were every minute that we were off that ship. I mean, it was it was hysterical. These two had like radar. Those kids couldn't get near anything that could have hurt them without one one of the guides like right there. And that was really because uh, that was the like I said it was the first time I had been on a trip with a lot of kids, and I just kept thinking to myself that if I'm a parent and I want to go see Europe. And I want to have that experience with my kids. But, you know, I don't speak the language and I'm in a strange place. And, you know, especially cities like Rome that are so busy and you've got so many people around. I would be a nervous wreck. But what was really cool was that, you know, first of all, the kids were like magnets to Courtney and Dusty. I mean, they were just all over them. They loved them. The kids wanted to be with them. The kids were fighting over who got to hold Courtney's hand. Us too. And that was Walter, I was going to say. Um, but, you know, the parents were, you know, a couple steps behind. They're always there. But not, they were able to relax. You could and, tell they were at ease. Because yeah, they, knew they were. Their, their kids were being very, very well taken care of. Exactly. And I just, it had never dawned on me what a value that was to the guest. What kind of stress, though, is that on you? Well, it's, I, you know, adding kids into the mix is no different. I mean, I really see every one of my, I, I joke with my guests and my tours because I call them my babies. She and does. They really are my babies. And it's amazing because 
Yes, it's two of us taking care of 40 people, but I think it becomes a, a big family, too. It so, does. Yeah, that's the way I felt I have it a was. lot of guests that come up to me, even teenagers, going, I always have to find the kids, and I always have to count to make sure all the yeah. kids are there. So I, it's stressful for us to make sure that everybody's, number one, happy, safe, you know, taken care of, but knowing that other people are, are watching out, too. It's yeah. absolutely true. I found that, and I, I think it was Florence, and we were in Florence, and maybe Rome, too, as we were a group walking and the little kids were flitting from one adult to another and the parents were completely relaxed at that point. And as a parent, I could see that you could relax and let your guard, I mean, you're still there watching your children, but you know, you had the rest of that family with you and the two of you to help. And it just, I thought it was just amazing. And the way the kids opened up to everybody and it just, it was easy. And can you tell us about how you got to be an adventure guide and what your background is? Sure. I actually, I I graduated from Louisiana State and started majoring in physics. That's how I got my job. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I did actually major in physics for a couple of years and came over to work at Disney, did an internship at MGM Studios, what was then called MGM Studios. Went back. I I did a a travel abroad. I started traveling. My dad didn't like to fly. So it was wherever in the southeastern United States that we could drive to. So I think I got that travel bug when I got into college and went to New Zealand for six weeks, studied around there, and just kind of never let go. Um, So it was actually when I was working at the Jungle Cruise for a year. I was working at an outside company in Jungle Cruise, skippering on the weekend, and learned about adventures. Read it in a magazine, one of our internal magazines on uh, and property. And then, so it was just, well, it was 2006 when I started. So about four phone interviews and an eight hour all day audition later, I yeah. got the call that I was hired on to adventures. And I have to say that I, I am very lucky getting in at the beginning because the competition that we have now to get in as an adventure guide is quite high. And the reason is because we've all set the bar and each one of my co-guides is equally as great to the next. And we all have our own different personalities and our own things to offer, even with the cow jokes. You know, my my little jokes that I tell every day, you know, the next person does something better and the next person does something better. So what's really funny is going on. You could go on an Ireland tour 10 times, but each time you might have a different guide and it's going to be a different experience. How many guides are there? I'd say there's about 40 really something of us. The number changes. We just hired a a few. We just did a round of. And you all know each other. I mean, off. Yeah, they all hang out at the same bar. Sleep in the same dormitory. We can live anywhere in the United States. I've seen. Um. On Facebook, I've seen some of the guides I know with other guides that I met at a different adventure hanging together, and I'm thinking, okay, there's some yeah, sort I mean, of club there. But we have some we have some folks that live in Orlando, like me, so we we hang out. Or but we can live anywhere in the United States. So there are some guides that I only know by name, and there are some guides that I saw in training, and we keep in touch. You know, we call each other. We like to share best practices and stories. Or I big thing for us is I had I see this guest was on your tour. What can you what oh, can you yeah. share me with them about their favorite things? You know, is there anything in particular about this guest that I should know? And it's not a negative thing by any means; uh-huh. it's a positive thing because I had a guest that only wanted a glass of milk in their room every night, and that's what they did on their other tours. So this my my friend found out that I was guiding that tour. Said, put a glass of room glass of milk in the room every night and watch this this person light up. And seriously, wow! And it really wow. and honestly, God, this is it doesn't surprise me that you do that. It doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, the the way you guys bend over backwards, um, and and it's you know, and it's one of those intangibles that we try and explain to people. 
you know, these are not inexpensive trips. Um, and if you're on a tight budget, uh, this is something you either save for or you don't do. Um, and but when we try to explain to people where the you know where the value is in, is in, in these trips, other than the destinations and the experiences we get to have, it's that I mean that just makes it so so special. I mean for us, I mean we have the guides become such a huge part of that experience for you, and I think this is what ABD has done really well. Tell us what the process is. To become a guide for Adventures by Disney, I think this is something people would like to like to know about uh, to understand how difficult it really is in terms of the actual hiring process right. and what happens. So, <laughs> basically, once it's posted online or ho- however they get their message out, because they do a couple of different venues, it then you know you turn in your resume and they sift through thousands of resumes. Literally, and, and yes, and it's it, it's based on language skills, traveling skills, past history. We we know we do hire a lot from Walt Disney World parks, Disneyland parks. So you really want what happens is because we do hire people from the trade. In our instance, it would be the tour tour industry. We want to pair those with the Disney culture people. So right. it's the Disney paired with the people that have toured for 10, 15 years. So once they, they've narrowed down the resumes that way, then it's a survey is sent out with a series of questions, whether it's your, what's your travel experience, what's your language skills, that kind of thing. Then it's phone interviews and however many phone interviews you can have and that they're wanting to see your personality. They're wanting to see, they get, they throw out scenarios to you kind of like role playing. So only a few select people get the phone interviews, but then comes the, the audition and maybe about 30, it can range, anywhere from 30 to 50, and that's on West Coast and on the East Coast. So out of all these thousands, now you have maybe 100 people that are auditioning. It's like American, American Idol. Idol. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. It's like American Idol. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And we all get up and sing a song, and if they don't know. <laughs> um, so at that point, it, there's a series of things that they do now. It's changed since I was hired. Again, I'm very happy that I got on at the beginning, but it's... Everything from speed round interviews, the quick, quick thinking on your feet, because oh, yeah. you don't have a choice. If something's happening on your trip, you, you're in Rome and your office is in Burbank, California. You have to, make, you have to be comfortable enough to make the decision, yep. but to make the right one as well. Now, that right decision could be several choices and how you handle it, but it's, you know, it's just like being in the parks and a guest has an issue, their popcorn fell doesn't mean that you're going to give them a free stay at the Grand Floridian. So it's compensating right. based on what's needed. So they, they test you on that. They test you on personality, keeping, somebody's, keeping somebody engaged. Would, would I want my family to go with you on a tour? So overall appearance, too. And they actually have to do a video. You know how we stand up at the front of you guys and do our welcome dinner, and we do orientation and logistics. Right. That is something that we're tested on before we get hired, isn't it? And they have to, yeah, they have to do a, yeah, they have to be videotaped doing this as part of their audition. How long does all this take? It's eight hours. No, I mean audition. Oh, you want you want to be a guide? Okay, put in your resume for me. How long? And they they have shortened it this year. I I you know they were on things because I think they did the auditions in November and by December they have found out. So for me back in circa 2007, I started the process in November 2006. I went to an information session, went through the process. I got a call in February 2007 saying that I was welcomed as an adventure guide. Wow. 
But it's the, because they need to be yep. that yeah. thorough for the reasons of we're not inside a park with all of these people that we can right. fall back on. It is you and the co-guide and hopefully, you know, your local experts in the area. But and it's also to amazing trust. to watch them when something goes wrong. Oh my, and I'm not a, talking yeah. a catastrophic goes wrong. I'm talking about we were on one tour and the museum was on strike. We watched the guides. We went a different way and went back to the museum. In our Italy trip, I don't even remember what it was. The Pope. Oh. <laughs> it's always the Pope. It's always the Pope. He was offering his blessings, the that's Christmas blessings was. for the family. I knew that's what it was. The morning we were going to go to the Vatican. The Pope was uh, having an audience with poping. the people who worked in the Vatican. <laughs> so poping. our tour of the Vatican was, poping. <laughs> was completely rerouted and our day was all changed. But it happened seamlessly. And unless you were really paying attention, you didn't even see it. Well, that's we have the guide code. See, that's the other thing is that, and I, you know, I noticed it after doing several of the backstage magic tours with our folks, and you know, once you've done it a couple of times, you kind of know the routine. But then, you know, I, I, you know, I'm just I've trained myself over the years now to pay attention to certain details and watching the guides. It's one of the things that it's one of the ways I gauge how good the guides are, um, is by watching, you know. I know when they're going off, making their phone calls, prepping the next location, doing all that stuff. But how seamless is that to my guests? And, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to watch. It's amazing to watch how you guys coordinate without ever inconveniencing your guests. Uh, even like when Kevin said, when something does go wrong, it's, it's, really, it, it's really spectacular to watch. It really is. And I think that's what you, you can't plan for. On, on trips, yes, you can do things on your own, but I, I shared the example of when I was in Italy in October, I did a trip, and it, if you were watching the news in October, it was the worst rain in 50 years. Oh, Everything yeah. was flooded Isn't and that closed. Those Coliseum, villages were? Everything. The, the subway was closed. The Coliseum was flooded. The Pantheon. Right. The Trevi Fountain was drained. I mean, it was ridiculous, but... And here, we, you've paid thousands of dollars to come on this tour, or n- not just a tour, but if you were coming alone and you can't do anything, what would you do? You'd probably just not do some of those activities, pick and choose the ones. But we didn't miss a thing on ours because my co-guide and I sat down and talked with our local expert and were able to arrange the whole thing while our guests were having coffee. You know? Yeah, you see, that's, and that's what you're paying for. Right. That's what you're paying for. But and, you and- know what? It's. I don't think. I don't think the people that I talk to are are seeing it that way. I think after years of experience with this trip, we see that is that what that's what you're paying for. I actually sell people on this by telling them that, and I think a lot of people don't see that. It's like when you get on the plane and they tell you the best safety equipment on the plane are the flight attendants because they're the ones that are trained. It's kind of like that. This is because it's seamless, right? It's seamless, right? It's not until they're done and they look better, they they watch them in action that they see what a value they are. So it's you have to point that out once in a while. And I don't think people, I don't think people go into it looking at that as a feature, right? I think if people are willing to pay the price. Yes, we're you know we're expensive, but we're a luxury tour. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're priced what right up there with the best of them. But if they're willing to pay and they just take the chance to go, they will not regret it. No. Not only will they not regret it, they'll go again. Right. 
That's over it. and over and over. Well, I met a gentleman this, just a couple of weeks ago. He's taking his ninth and tenth tour this summer. His daughter's 13. He knows he's got limited time with her. He wants to spend as much time with her as possible. Disney's the way to do it. We have, it's almost inevitable. Repeat, repeat, repeat clients yep. go again and again. I think almost everybody on I'm one this of them. trip coming up in May, this Italy trip, except for a couple of people who have just joined who are family of people on this trip, they're all repeat guests. Yeah. Right. Now, you talked about, you talk with other guides ahead of time about your group. What other research is done when you are set up with a group? Are you told anything about people's backgrounds? or Not so much backgrounds. It's whatever information that the guests are willing to share with our, with the travel agents, with you guys. So, and with Disney. So we get actually a profile of our, it's called a guide pack. And we, you know, get everybody's names, ages, and all that stuff. Like who's, who's traveling with who? Dossier. Well, actually, we get allergies and Adventures by Disney sends out a very detailed questionnaire. Yeah, they do. That guests are asked to fill out and, com- you know, complete and send back, which gives that information. Right. I mean. And it is passed on. You are not filling it out in vain. It is passed on to us. That's terrific to know because I think sometimes people think, why do I have to fill this out? This is dumb. Oh, or I this is that. just marketing. Just throw it on the desk. I'm not doing this. <laughs> to know that it's actually I'm booked. I'm good. Fantastic. Well, I mean, no, because it comes down to we get a. Out of all the information that we get, flight info, how the rooms are broken down, who wants what bed arrangement in their hotel room, we get a, a list called special requests, and it's celebrations, anniversaries, graduations, birthdays, it's it's milk. allergies, <laughs> it's I want a glass of milk in my room every single night, it, you know, it's, it's that kind of stuff, and I had a guest a couple of years ago who was allergic to all of these things. I had him again this past summer, and he said, you know what? You guys are the only tour I've ever been on that I never had to explain to you what allergies. I mean, he had already taken care of that in the reservation process. So when he was coming on the tour, I went up to him, and it was in Ireland, and I said, look, these are the things you can't eat. And then when I, when I saw him again last summer, he's like, you're the only, uh, only tour that's ever happened to me where Not I didn't have to explain meal. it again. Right. Yeah. That's fantastic. And the problem, though, with traveling with adventures by disney on a regular basis which you know walter and i have done one of the first trips i've taken in a long time that wasn't on adventures by disney was last july when i went up to the northeast to visit my family and i'm not exaggerating i kept thinking to myself where are my guides where am i oh wait i know i'm not on an apt trip because i'm so used to when i'm not home i would be on an apt trip and it really does get very it, – it becomes a very addicting way to travel. We're planning a trip – we're planning a pre-trip for our May adventure. And one of the things that we have to contend with is how are we going to get our luggage from point A to point B and where do we put it? Yeah. If we're not – we're at the point now where we think the only option is to rent a hotel room to store our luggage for the day. And it's one of those things that – we can't wait to get to the ABD portion because then you don't have to worry about that. Right. It's, and all it's care not until you start to do this on your own that you realize, crap, I have to put the luggage on the train myself. <laughs> you know, I have to dra- I'm going to be one of those people who's running through Europe dragging my suitcase behind me, and I've never had to do that. It's Courtney, always uh, been an ABD trip. That's a pretty amazing part of it. You, um, when you're on the trip, you're on the whole time. Are your trips back to back, or do you you have large breaks where you're off work? Or it depends it on the itinerary that we're assigned to, and then within that itinerary, how many trips departures there are. Do you get to pick where you want to go? 
we get to suggest where we'd like to go. We get to put in favorites, and then they have to be trained yeah, on them. Yeah, so we, right, you know, right. it's it's all based on where what you're familiar with, and and so where you're you've you're been, locked you're, in to where you are. You can't say I'd like to train to go to South America. Or something. Uh, and, you know, we like to keep it on a two year rotation, and the reason is is because once you've trained on a trip, it doesn't mean that you have fully unlocked the value of yourself on that particular trip. Oh, cool. So, okay. so by the time you get somebody on their second, th- you're always going to have somebody that's on their second or third season within that particular destination, which is nice because that person knows everything and they're sharing their best practices with the other guide. But then it is a constant flow. So after after your two or three years or whatever, and you can always ask to go back mm-hmm. to the same place, then you move on to the next one and you learn that destination inside and out. And so there is no question of, okay. of you know, you're not the expert. Right. Because I, I think when we were in Barcelona, it was you and James. Mm-hmm. And James was new to Barcelona, right? Or was it the opposite? Or? Well, that was a new trip for us. That was a new trip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think there was something but new. That was James and awesome. I had also spent two yeah. weeks. Or, well, no, sorry. No, it was a week before that particular trip, going around that exact same itinerary, planning everything, getting our information. Because it's a lot of <coughs> Disney does not come with a little guidebook of here's Barcelona and this yeah. is what you need to learn. It's a lot of on our own studies right. and, and making sure and James spoke Spanish fl- pretty fluently yeah. so he was able to That was an amazing that. component. Yeah, that was, was, he was such a cute kid. He's not going to kill us for saying that. He's he's a cute. cute. He's adorable. He is. It was adorable. There's also intangibles that you can only learn by doing something. So you're not going to know where is a great place to get coffee or where are the bathrooms Unless you actually walk through that itinerary. So right. I think that's great. And we do eat everything. When we do these fam trips, like before a new itinerary, we go out with the manager that's running the destination and we literally eat everywhere and everything and we go for walks and we take, you know, get business cards and we don't ever suggest anything that we haven't tried personally. Or that's my personal philosophy because all I need is for somebody to come back and say, that was the worst place ever. Now, it still and may you happen. you say, well, I've never eaten there, so right. I don't exactly. know. Right, exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. I didn't know it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> but that's sort of the philosophy that these guys run their business with too. Right. You sell something you know. Yeah. You know, and that you would put you've said it before. That my, you would put your family in. And and I have. Right. And I have. And now tell me of the places that uh, not just necessarily the countries but experiences in these countries. Of all the places you've done, what's the one experience that really stands out to you? What's the one place that when you go back to it it's just that, that really special special experience? In terms of the activities we do on our tours? Just something that means something to you. Something like, you know, you, you, you have to do all these things when you go on these tours, and I'm sure you enjoy them. But is there one thing that you really look forward to? Is there one place or one experience that really just you can't wait to do it again? Well, really, I think I have that about all the itineraries that I've been on because there's something there. One, they're so different from each other, from the Coliseum to the Grand Canyon, you know, Everything offers something different. Now, everybody knows, and even my other guests know that Ireland's, a, I'm a big fan of Ireland. And it's mostly because of, and the reason why I love Italy too, it's the history that comes from there. I mean, Rome itself is just like the epitome of everything historical that can be found is in Rome, one city, you know? Yeah. And, it, and I minored in history, so it's a lot of, I think of the people that were walking through the buildings that we visit. See, that's what, that's what I felt too. Going. I do that every, when I'm in Florence. Yeah. Florence is the home of the Renaissance. Yeah. And you're walking through it and you think of the, the history that 
the same you're yeah. walking on the same stones. Barcelona got me that way too. Right. Uh, yeah. I always remember taking humanities classes and you're looking at stuff in books and you never think you'd actually see it, but when you go to Rome yeah. you're like I saw this. I saw, yeah. you know and everything that you you've looked at your entire life yeah. And you that's finally how, get to see like, it for Oh my real. God, that was in the encyclopedia. <laughs> that's how I felt about the, seeing the David for the first yeah. time. Oh, that's so beautiful. All of it. The Trevi Fountain. Just, There's a place in Ireland it's called the Rock of Cashel. And it was actually, it's, uh, we do it on the way from Dublin to Killarney on our, our third Killarney. day of the trip. Killarney. Killarney. And we stop. It's the, it was the first, high, uh, the first seat of the High King of the first High King of Ireland. So we stopped there. Now it's all religious buildings. It was turned over to the church. And just being there, it's an active graveyard. So they do have a registry. They maybe have 10 or 20 people left to be buried on there because they closed it off at first. And everybody's like, well, I have family members there. So they opened up a registry. It's now closed, but they still have people being buried there. But just to walk through and to know all of the history that happened, all of the sieges that it was under just to see the ruins. Now they're uncovering different frescoes that were painted hundreds of years ago. And you're seeing this history come to life. It is a place. And I've been to Ireland. This will be my sixth year. It is a place that literally every time I go, I get chill bumps and I tell people any, anytime I'm doing anything like this, but part of my speech before we go in, it was a place that St. Patrick visited. It was the reason why the church was founded there wow. was because St. Patrick's there and that's they say that was the place that he basically won over all of Ireland from paganism over to Catholicism and just to know you, you think when you go into these places whether it's a palace where it's the Colosseum go into the Grand Canyon with the Native Americans and just to think the people that have walked there before yeah. you it literally brings an entire dynamic, a different dynamic to a place that you could never imagine. And I mean, you could do that with the, the simplest of things, going through the Jungle Cruise and knowing that Walt Disney once rode that. That was his first, yeah. favorite ride. Yeah. I mean, that's why people feel connections to those places because of the, the past that it, it holds. It's not just a building. It's the history that it encompasses. Is there, um, is there, is there a trip you hope to get to do one day? I would absolutely love to do South Africa. I think it's the way we do it, private game drives in the Campani Reserve. I mean, absolutely the coolest thing in the morning and the evening. I think it would be, I love going to the zoos. My mom always took me to zoos and aquariums. We do that with my nephew now. That's like a big part. Anybody that, again, knows me, that's what I do for fun. I go to aquariums, stuff like that. So to actually see that in the hang wild. Out with Walter. We can go to the zoo together. We can do that. Okay. <laughs> and not Animal Kingdom. That's not a zoo. Not <laughs> the zoo. But just to see see those animals in their, their natural habitat, and oh, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. You guys going to take me? Yes, yeah. we'll take okay. you. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, if, if someone is going to be on a trip for Adventures by Disney, can they request a, do- a guide? Can they say, I'd like a guide to be on my trip? They, they could always... I will, I will say this. It's hard to request. So if somebody wants to go to China and I'm not trained on China, they are not going to send me to China. Yeah, we've run now, into that. If they book, on, they book on China and they say, who are my guides? They usually can know, but it always changes. So it's never guaranteed. And you never want to book a trip based on... And now all of my babies are my babies and I would love to see them, but you never want to book a trip based on the guide because we're all equally as great. And like I said, you could do the same trip with different guides and have a different experience. And that's, you know, and that's true. And, and that's one of the reasons why I felt like every time we come back and talk about the guides, 
people would think that we were overselling it because every time we'd come back, it, oh my God, these were the best guides. And then you go on another trip, oh my, these were the best guides. <laughs> but they really are. They really are. And you, we talk about that, that, that process, that process of, of, of how these guides get hired. And this is why I say they are the best of the best that Disney has to offer because they go through this incredible process of selecting who's allowed to represent the product. And so you're really getting these, these, these top flight cast members that are doing these trips. And, you know, I, I, I think it just is, is such, a, uh, such a great – well, I'm Testimony. having trouble with my words today. Testimony. What do you want to do is, Sound you know, what, what better way with all the service that you guys are talking about and the guides, you know, say that you've always wanted to go see the Eiffel Tower. You've always wanted to go to Paris. That's the one thing you want to do. Now, we offer a trip. We have two itineraries that do Paris now, but – Oh, yes, you have you, three. Maybe, one is one is exclusively yeah. mine, but uh, maybe maybe you have done a couple other adventures and you had guides that you really liked. But what you really need to do is is pick that destination that you know you want to go to and you want to experience. But then you can't do it any better than traveling with Adventures by Disney, and those guides are only going to be an added benefit. So you're already happy that you're in Paris, you're seeing the Eiffel Tower, and now we're going to make that experience that much better for you. And safe. I, you feel I'm, safe. I sell Adventures by Disney. It's what I do most of my day. And there are two intangibles on this trip. You can take apart the mechanics. You can go engineer out what the hotels cost. You can figure out what the admission prices are to everything you're going to see. There are two intangibles on this trip that you can't put a price on. One is the guides, and the other is the camaraderie that builds up with people who travel together and experience the same things at the same time. There's no one going when you come home. There's no one going. There's no one who's going to understand your experience as well as the people you traveled with. And I think that's one of the things that is very. First of all, it's a leap of faith. You have to trust the person that's telling you about this. But it's it's a it's a it's a selling point that it's hard to get across. But it is. It adds a huge amount of value. And everybody, Kathy is the perfect mm-hmm. example. She's sitting behind you. I told her this. We told her this was going to happen when she went on her trip. Kathy, how many people are, do you Facebook with on a regular basis? Oh, all of them. Exactly. And I've, they've all come back here to Disney numerous times since we've done our ABD trip, and we always make time to go oh, see yeah. them over in the parks. I count their friends now. Some mm-hmm. of them very They're good like friends. Family. Yeah, yeah, family. Those are, those are things that you can't engineer into the price. No. But that's going to enhance your trip. You really can't put a price on it. Exactly. No, exactly. And they always do things that you can't do, even if you were planning your own trip. You know, Disney does things which only Disney can do. You know, like you see people standing in line eight hours to try to get into the Vatican or whatever, and everything's arranged where you just walk on to everything. So even if you're trying to duplicate the trip, you really can't do it because... You don't wait in lines. You don't wait in line for anything. That's my story of the paddle of power. The paddle, yeah, the paddle, paddle of power. power. That's right. So that's what we we have a sign that says "Adventures by Disney" that the guides hold, and it's amazing what that thing can do. It Disney is such a worldwide and, recognized brand that just seeing the name Disney automatically attracts attention. Yes, when so, you're walking into places, you can hear the chatter. Yes, you hear it all and the every time. Every different language. Yes, every different language. And you know that was one of the things I talked about uh, various points about the trips that I've taken. 
especially you know like Australia places that I always wanted to go that but you know too far away too scary you know I'm you know, up until that point I really had never traveled outside the US and being inside that Disney bubble you're in that Disney bubble you're you're having these authentic experiences they're not sanitizing it for you you're getting to see the real stuff but you're in that Disney bubble you have this huge multinational corporation backing you if anything goes wrong you've got that name there and i'm sorry that there i'm sure there are some wonderful tour companies out there none of them bear the disney name and you know you go into you know if, if something goes wrong what name do you want thrown around do you want joe smith's tours and bait shop or do you want <laughs> disney <laughs> You know, what name do you know, even even the even the big ones, the talk bridges and those guys, you know, they go someplace. Most people don't know who the hell they are. Everybody knows Disney. And it's but everybody knows Disney. Because, you know, Adventures by Disney has only been in existence for seven years now, but are going on eight. But it's funny when we go into especially with the guys and their vendor relationships going in and what these vendors will do because where Disney pushes those other people off the map in terms of some of the experiences that we can have just because we're Disney. Because that name. That name, I, exactly. You, you guys you guys remember the, the Count and Countess in Sicily. Oh, my yes. God. Oh, okay. yeah, I remember. <laughs> yes. Sorry, it's my count. It's so sad. Anyway, he was very attractive. So how we set that up, we had gone on a fam trip. My, myself, James was there, and our manager, we had added on that particular experience going into... Palazzo Federico, you had to go as a group. You could not go as a single family. So we attached ourselves on to another tour group as our destination management company was walking us around, oh. okay? So, well, first of all, the first thing that opened the door was Nico, the son. Ooh. Okay, the older son, who I'm going to marry was, one day. Yeah. <laughs> <So pretty. laughs> that was a good-looking boy. Can you make that happen for me, Pete? <laughs> anyway, so he opens the door, and I was like, I, told, I turned around and told my manager, we're coming here. We had already... <laughs> Four days. We had already been in Palermo doing everything within driving distance from the dock. We had our day set, and then we come to this palazzo. And we were looking around, and we saw kids interacting, and they were really into it. And we're like, we have to add this on. We have to add this on. <laughs> Teresa's showing me a picture. He's so pretty. Anyway, so we start talking to the Countess. Now, the Countess of this the descendants of the Holy Roman Emperor Frederick II, yeah. I'm talking to these people, right? And we said, well, we really want to add this on. You know, this is what we're going to do. We are going to take on, we want to take our guests to Palazzo Federico. What can you do for us? We don't want four or five tour groups going in and out. We want it to ourselves. Oh, yeah, no problem. Disney? Yeah. You're going to be here first thing in the morning. We're going to open up just for you guys. And we're not going to serve our regular little entrees that we do at the end of the tour. We're going to have breakfast served for your guests. And not only was it, so at that point, we had the entire family just for our group, whereas oh, yeah. before they had the dad taking a tour, the, the two oh, sons splitting oh, up and okay. taking a tour, the mom taking a tour. Now we had all yeah, we had the whole family just for us, and they were just so because cute. we were Disney, right? Just because that wouldn't name I be a great addition doors. to that family? Yeah, really. yeah, you would, you would. I thought that too. Countess Courtney, yeah. what pretty children you would have? As Courtney and her cow jokes, and you seem like it had a nice mother-in-law and everything. You know, yeah, I don't think she nice. liked me. You don't think so? Yeah. I'm not going to win her over. Disney. The sun liked me. That's all. That's right. Free park tickets. Really. Disney. But no, it's experiences like that because we're Disney that we can do. Going to the Lion King in in London 
we see the show, the best seats, right? And then we get to go behind the stage because it's oh my God. Exactly. It's Disney. And we get to meet the cast members. We get to see where, if there are kids involved in the show, which there are, where, where they're, they're, they have, um, not babysitters. What are they called? Tutors. Tutors or People that are with them on guardians? stage. Guardians. Like, like they have guardians hidden because you can't have a kid on stage alone. They have to have a chaperone oh, I didn't realize hidden that. on stage with them. It's very strange. Like a tree oh, or something? Yeah. 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 Like they would be behind a tree or behind a, a <laughs> cow wow. or something. My chaperone. Just in case anything happened, it's like a, it's a certain age that they wow. have to have somebody on. Wow. So like seeing that, that yeah. and learning that, seeing yeah, those you for that job. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. Chaperone on stage. So those I'll be are the, the kind of experiences because we're Disney that only Disney can have, right? It, it, and it, it really, it, it has become such a, uh, it has become my, my, my favorite Disney thing to do now. Right. Um, is Adventures by Disney. Not that I don't love the parks and not it's that I don't love those experiences, but it is such a way to travel that I, uh, I, I will, as long as there's air in my lungs, will be chief evangelist for Adventures by <laughs> Disney. I think it's a, uh, I think it's an absolutely amazing product, and it's amazing um, because of people like you, Courtney, who put so much love and passion into those trips and make them so special for us that we just crave doing them over and over again. And I just I want as many people to experience it as possible because you don't really get. It's kind of like Alaska. People will tell you how gorgeous it is, but until you do it, you don't really get it. You don't really get how beautiful it is. It's the same thing with ABD. You can maybe logically understand why this would be an exceptional experience. But trust me, ask anybody who's done one. They were skeptical before they went. How could it be worth this much money? How could the experience be this good? And then they come back, and in every single case... It seems like the guides really do think, what can I do to make this vacation as special for everyone as I can. Right. And they do that. Oh, they bend over backwards. I mean, it's like I've said, you've got, you have to be careful what you say when the guides can hear you. Because, like, you know, we just, we, we tell a story about Alaska all the time yeah. that, you know, we're sitting at this, you know, the, the Lumberjack show, and I just happened to uh, say, uh, I wish we'd gotten something to eat, a hot dog or something would be great right now. And uh, um, Corey, our guide, just gets up and takes off and i mean we didn't know where he was going but he comes back with french fries and hot dogs and chips and candy and all this other stuff just uh, and i realize it's probably not going to happen on every trip you mean all i had to do was say it and you would have gone and got it <laughs> but the, the point being that you know i don't want everybody thinking now you can just tell your guys oh right. would you fetch me a steak and a, a cocktail <laughs> um but the idea that they were allowed intent just Without me even talking to him, I was just talking to Walter, and it's like, oh god, you got to really watch what you say, because they bend. They really it, yes. there's this there's the, almost it's almost an obsession on the part of these guides to make sure every single guest has a great experience, and they are remarkably successful at it. And uh, it's so good to see you again. Oh, it's good I, to see you guys. I had a Thanks chance to see you. Had a, chance, operation. had a chance to see you a few weeks ago in New Jersey for the event we did in Hackensack, and. See you again now, and so you're at the Magic Kingdom, though, right? Or you you work at Disney here? I do. I don't work too? at Magic Kingdom, but I do work the studios. Okay, 
whenever whenever I'm around and Adventures isn't using me to do the marketing okay. events or come and out here. That is the same for a lot of the guides, right? They they do work other things too. Oh yeah, I mean we are bulk of our seasons from April to September, October. So you got the rest unless of the they year. budget really well, I tend to spend my money. Unless they budget really well, <laughs> they need to do something in the in between. So you got to go sell glow sticks on how <laughs> <laughs> you drive, <laughs> something, pay the rent. I wasn't sure where you were going with that. <laughs> What's she going to do with glue sticks? <laughs> That's what I was trying to figure out. Well, I want to thank you again, uh, Courtney, for coming in and joining us. It was wonderful to have you. Thank you for inviting Hope me. We everybody... get to see you in Maine. That's up to them. It's up to the ABD gods. Are they listening to this? Uh, ABD gods? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they will. <laughs> I'm imagining they will be. With my name on it, I'm sure they're, they're listening intently. So, all right. Well, thank you again, everybody. We hope you enjoyed Uh, This segment, that will do it for this one. We hope you enjoyed. We'll be back with you again next time with another episode of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember, stay out of the damn lakes. (laughs)